to fear, where terror is homegrown. Join us as we take a drive down dusty back roads and discover the obscure and dark history of this country, human and otherwise, that lurk in your backyard. Welcome to episode 7 of State of Fear. I am your host, Chris, and with me is my co-host, James. Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. And so today we are going over the state of Connecticut. 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 <laughs> so today's <laughs> uh, topic, we're going to be talking about the Wicked Witch of Monroe. Nice. Um, and as well as getting into the Connecticut Witch Trials, which are the less well-known or less known trials versus the Salem Trials, which took place about... 30 years later. So these are the original ones. This is exactly what I was talking about. This is why I love doing this podcast because I was actually unaware that Connecticut had its own witch trials. Connecticut had I its mean, own. I mean, I know all of New England back in the old days. Right. You know, before we were a country and all this crap did have their... Their, their uh, fears. Their fears and their, and their worries. suspicions. The devil was everywhere. Or superstitions and, and other uh, hang-ups about... People they just didn't understand, I guess. Right. Or back in those days, just women in general. Pretty much. Women were just always the bane of everybody's existence, except when it came to having kids. Yes. That's right. Uh, But yeah, so there were um, some witch trials in Connecticut that ended in in about 11 people executed. Um, It took place about 30 years before the the Salem witch trials. So sort of the precursor to the now more famous... Uh, witch trials. So yeah, in what kind of ways were they burned at the stake the same way the witches were in Salem, no, or no, stoned were, to death? They drowned? were. It was a little bit different. We'll get into that once we get into the actual okay. story. Um, but for right now, um, got a question for you, James. Yes. Who's a better witch, Samantha or Sabrina? Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Sam. You can go with Sam because I grew up with Sam. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Elizabeth Montgomery was a badass witch. Yeah, she's pretty. Yeah, I like pretty awesome. Uh, did you watch any of the original Sabrina? No, no, I actually didn't. And yeah, and you haven't watched <laughs> the new one. I'm saying, I'm assuming. No, I have not. Okay, so Samantha is based on the fact that you know her. Yes, you know of her character. Yes. Okay. Uh, I watched a little bit of the original Sabrina, the teenage witch. I tried to watch the new one. Uh, I just found it really boring. Couldn't get into it. Um. It's supposed to be like a darker take on it, which was yeah. which is cool. Um, I liked some of the the imagery and some of the the creature effects that were neat, but I just couldn't get into the whole story. It was pretty boring for me. But uh, I will have to go with Samantha as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with Durwood and the gang. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Because plus plus Elizabeth Montgomery was just way more hotter. Than... She was ex. She was a gorgeous. She was class. She was classic. Very gorgeous. classy. Very yeah. classy. No, good actress. Yeah. It was a good series. Yeah. Lasted a long time. Yeah. You know, yeah. so they had uh they had two Darren's and I can dig it. Darren didn't they have two two Darren's? They sure did. Dick York and Dick, Dick Sargent. Sargent. Right. They had two dicks. That's it. Two dicks. We can you we heard can, that. We can edit that if yeah, we Yeah, that, that that'll stay in. Uh so <laughs> 
Okay, going away from the um, fictional entertainment, which is, what is your knowledge of witches and witchcraft in general? Well, uh, to be honest with you, like I said, this is kind of new to me. I okay. haven't, I haven't really delved into, uh, you know, witchcraft, learning about it, reading right, about yeah. it, anything like. Of course, I don't practice it. Uh, I do have a couple of friends who are good witches. Okay, you know, they practice the Wiccan. Gotcha. And uh, you know, one of them. Yeah. Um, but. My actual knowledge is probably limited to the Salem Witch Trials. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and I really don't even know that much about it, but I did actually visit Salem two years ago All on right. vacation. Mm-hmm. It's dropped through. It's a very small little section of town. It's not even its own little separate town. It's like part of a town. Okay, it's like a few blocks or I something? I think it's... Uh, God, I, I've, I'm ashamed. I can't remember the surrounding city's name, but I was too enthralled by this little place okay the couple of things i will tell people to be aware of when yeah. you go there the buildings are awesome okay it's a beautiful square mm-hmm. but and i hate to say this mm-hmm. every corner has a tour guide there's oh, like course. 50 yeah. tour guides running around here and they have some very cool shops and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't there long enough to take any of the tours. Right. But I did hear some of the history and some of the things they used to do. They would stone these women. They'd tie stones to their feet and drown them. And they'd leave them down for an hour. And they'd pull them up. And they were still alive. Then they, they were, were witches. Witch. And if they you died, know, they, were, like they, they were they Christian. Were oh, yeah. my God. We messed up. Oh, well. Yeah, well, you know, I don't think it was so much that, oh, we messed up. I think it was, oh, she was a good Christian woman. Now she's with God or something, something like that. Yeah, try to justify their, right, in my exactly. opinion, stupidity. Because, right. you know, they're, yeah. they're, you know, practice, like I said, when people, you don't understand them and you're going to walk out there and you're going to say, oh, this, that, and the other. But you know how the old, old world was. Yeah. Know? They didn't tolerate any foolishness. They catch somebody practicing, you burn them at the stake immediately. Right. You know, because everybody was terrified of God. You know, there was a very God-fearing... Very talk. God-fearing, but they were much more afraid of the devil. Yes. Especially because they were in a new land. It was a very scary area. There's a lot of forest, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of unknown uh, creatures, and, and uh, quote-unquote, the uh, savages that were out there, yeah. a.k.a. Native Americans. And I believe I also heard, uh, and I believe this is true, I've actually heard this myself, that they actually executed some women who were actually mentally ill. They just didn't have the capacity to understand, understand it at it. that right. end of days. But if a woman was like autistic, mumbled, you know, they don't understand these things. Well, there was also, a, a, somebody will correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they also felt that way about women who um, tried to teach others to read and write and that kind of stuff. That was also seen as heresy. Yeah, know, it was also seen as it. being of the devil as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God forbid a woman take a leadership role or try to do something in society right. besides work in the house and take care of the family. At least back know. then anyway, yeah. Yeah, back yeah. then. Yeah, uh, mine is um, not too much more extended past yours. I know I, I've read a few things. Um, I, I've read a few of their beliefs, and, and it depends on which branch you follow, you know. Uh, but uh, otherwise... Yeah, most of it is uh, limited to Samantha or the Salem Witch Trials for me as well. There you go. You know, so. And like I said, you, you, you caught me off guard. I had no idea Connecticut had their own version. So yeah. I'm interested to hear so this story. We'll get into that.
before we get started, though, let's go ahead and get into your weird news story of the day, James. What you got for us? Man, I got a messed up one here. All right, I'm excited. Let's I'm, do it. This is this is a little off the beaten path here. This is crazy. All right. I found a recent story. Okay. Sorry, I can't remember the date, but it was this was published just a couple weeks ago, and I found this. Okay. Title of today's story is Man Whose Headaches Made Him Vomit Had a Tapeworm in Brain for 10 Years. 10 years in your brain. 10 years. Messed that is up. some scary, scary stuff right there. And a lot of people live with tapeworms but have no idea, but that's oh the first time I've gosh. ever heard of somebody having one in his brain. That's horrible. Okay, well, story goes, doctors finally identified and carefully removed the source of a man's incessant headaches and vomiting, a tapeworm that had been lodged in his brain for a decade. Ugh, ugh. Damn. Parasitic infections with tapeworms aren't terribly uncommon, but for one to reach the brain is about as rare as it is horrifying. Yeah, I would say so. And leave it up to the great state of Texas. Of course. Go Texas. <laughs> That's right. An Austin, Texas man identified only as Gerardo. Rico. Like... <laughs> Sorry, go on. He likely acquired the infection called neurocysterosis. <laughs> let, me, let me say it again. Called neurocysterosis. I mean, it's a big, long name. It is very long. Okay, go on. From eating undercooked pork while he was in Mexico. Always the pork, man. Always get you. Yeah, you got to watch pork, that dude. stuff, man. I'm going to tell you what. Now that the parasite had been removed, Gerardo was expected to make a full recovery, but the worm and its larva could have killed him, doctors told CBS 21. For months on end, Gerardo had endured headaches. Sometimes they were so bad they'd make him nauseous. Once last year, Gerardo passed out in a field during a soccer game. It was very intense, very strong. It made me want to sweat, too. Sweat from the pain. Pain in the head, and then I thought I would vomit from the pain. Jeez, that sounds terrible. Yeesh. It's like death. When he finally got himself checked out, Dr. Jordan Amadio, a neurosurgeon at Del Seton Medical Center, made a shocking discovery. A brain scan revealed a mass sitting near his brain stem. Oh, God, even worse. Yeah. It showed up in red, about four centimeters long. Good Lord. But yes. further tests ruled out a tumor. Instead, doctors realized it was a tapeworm. And a pretty big one at that, said so, Dr. Armadio. He's saying it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Okay, perfect. That's right. There you go. Neurocysterosis strikes about 4,000 people a year in the U.S. Holy shit. Making it the most common way that parasites infect the central nervous system. You know what? That's just ghoulish, man. That is ghoulish. Still, an unusual complication of a common occurrence. The tapeworm, Tania solium, often infects pigs, laying larvae in them. If pork isn't properly cooked, humans can wind up eating these larvae, which hatch in the intestines. <laughs> that's just common. If people don't pass the worms, their life cycle would continue. Tania solium will lay its eggs in the person's body. These larvae develop in sacs or cysts that can travel around the body and, in rare cases, reaching the brain, as Gerardo's did. Not so rico. No. Not so suave. This can go undetected for years. So you can eat by accident a microscopic egg from the tapeworm larva and not know it for years, said Dr. Armadillo. I'm going to call him Armadillo, Texas, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, close enough. They can grow inside the body without causing symptoms until they get big enough. That sucks. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> For years, Gerardo had no idea that his brain was infected. Some patients don't realize their bodies are life-threateningly infected with cysts 
until it's too late. As with the recent tragic case for an 18-year-old Indian boy whose brain and body were so riddled with cysts that it killed him. Oh my gosh. That's horrible. Gerardo was more fortunate. Although the worm's larva was likely inside his brain for a decade or more, after the trip to Mexico when he suspects he ate the offending pork, Doctors were able to take it out, and his life is restored. In certain regions of the country, like Texas and California, this can be more common, warned Dr. Armadillo. <laughs> I want to speak in an accent, because I'm, I'm hearing an accent here okay. where this is written. <clears throat> Go for it. So, there is something I think definitely for every medical professional to be aware of. Is that Mexican or Russian? I can tell. <laughs> I'll do it in Chekhov. What the hell? It is not commonly seen and can actually masquerade as different things. Yeesh. That concludes the story. Now, Man, that's pretty messed up. That really. is some pretty scary stuff. Ten years of headaches, thinking you might have, like, a brain problem or a tumor or something, and it's just a damn worm. A it's worm. not a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's a worm. It's a damn yes. worm. That's messed up. Oh, that is horrible. Horrible. I just I can't imagine it. Yeah, that's that's I. it's unfathomable. I mean, but then again, you better watch what you eat. Yeah, There are always warnings of pork. You need yes. to make sure it's fully cooked. Health All. tip. The way get you know just a little tip, get a thermometer, yeah, you know, a meat thermometer. Always check your pork, and it needs to be white. If your pork is pink, you got a problem. Yes, the white the the now the pork when it's cooked needs to be white. Yes, yes. However, we recently uh, found a farmer who raises and sells his own stock, and uh, he had a certain type of pig. I forget the name, but the pig meat came out red like like uh, beef. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I feel it's called. So that's okay because it's supposed to be pink. Yeah. But when you're cooking it, it's got to be white. Yeah, it definitely got to change code. Just be careful. That's a, that's an important tip. Let's get into the main topic of today's episode. I'm looking forward to this. All right. So everybody knows about the Salem Witch Trials that happened in 1693. Well, it ended in 1693, I should say. But 45 years before that, okay? In, Damn. In Connecticut. Yeah, in Connecticut, there were a series of trials there in um, in the state of Connecticut that happened between 1647 and 1663. Sheesh. Okay. At that time, about 35 people would be accused of witchcraft, of which 11 were actually executed for the crime. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. However, these people executed in Connecticut were not executed in the same manner as the Salem Witch Trials. They did not succumb to fire, water, or rope. As hard as it is to conceive now, the idea of the devil walking the earth and taking an active role in everyday life was a genuine fear for colonial Connecticut. It's not a coincidence that there are over 30 places in the state with names that served as a warning to all that the evil one might be lurking out, including Devil's Den, five different places there, Devil's Backbone 4, Satan's Kingdom 2. I just want to go see what that is. What the hell? What the yeah. hell? I, like Devil's Den, Devil's Backbone, those are those are outdoor places. Yeah, I yeah. get that, you know. What the fuck is Satan's Kingdom? I have no idea. Is is it like is it like nights that 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 night restaurant they have or that the I don't know. That's crazy. Anyway, Devil's Island, Hell's Hollow, Toffet Ravine and even a devil's dripping pan. Okay. The best research record of events for this is John M. Taylor's The Witchcraft Delusion in Colonial Connecticut from 1647 to 1697, in which he chronicles all the known events, as well as delves into the causes for the hysteria, including tracing the entire history of witchcraft. 
This guy goes into it pretty detailed. During those times, what is now Connecticut was then divided into two colonies, Connecticut and New Haven. Now, witchcraft officially became a crime in Connecticut in 1642. Um, New Haven enacted its witchcraft laws in 1655. Now, in the book, he uncovers Connecticut's official grounds for examination of a witch, which was written in the 17th century. There's a good, I don't know, seven or eight different grounds, uh, such as notorious defamation of a common report by the people of a ground of suspicion, whatever that means. Second ground for strict examination is if a fellow witch gave testimony on his examination or death, yet such a person is a witch, but this is not sufficient for conviction or con condemnation. And there's others as well. I'm not going to go into all of them because it's just, it's too much. But it then goes on to talk about how in earlier times, red hot irons and scalding water were used for tests, as was binding the accused and throwing them into water to see if they sank or not. As, yeah. Yeah, as you mentioned. If not, they were proclaimed innocent, although there is also a good chance they drowned. Not much of a victory. Hot iron. Hot, right, red hot what, iron. What are you going to do? Oh, we're going to stab. If you scream, you're okay. I th yeah, I, th I think I actually I, that's exactly what it was. I think if you screamed, you were not of the devil. But because the devil lives in hell, if, yeah. if you did not scream, it means you were of the devil, which means you enjoyed the heat. Uh, that's ridiculous. What if you had a nervous condition? You couldn't feel shit like that. Then you were, you were a witch. You're a witch. Yeah, you're a witch. Because normal people can feel pain. Yeah, Witches I cannot. So, yeah. Uh, also discussed are other telltale signs of witchcraft, such as familiars, which are animal creatures yeah. that are known to associate with witches. Hanging about, or devil's marks on the bodies, the birthmarks, weird, you know, uh, mutations, things like that. When it comes to the means of execution, almost all of alleged witches were hanged. Contrary to popular imagery, no witch was ever burned at the stake in Connecticut. No shit. No witch was ever burned. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, for the record, in December 2006, though, the state of Connecticut officially pardon all those accused of witchcraft forever clearing their names so well good it took them 300 years but they did it 250 <laughs> yeah, well, years whatever well but, it's it's mostly symbolic but you know if they even have any descendants right know, maybe that's good for them like the gates family perhaps connecticut's most famous is hannah hovey the wicked witch monroe who unfortunately still became a suspect of, of witchcraft, even though she was born much, much later after the Connecticut witch trials and the Salem witch trials when she was born in 1783. Jeez. So even in that time frame, it, it just goes to show that this sort of fear just kind of lingers about. It, yes, you it know, it's, it's predominative within this area throughout the entire you know uh, 17th and 18th century. Now, there's not a lot known about her life other than she lived in the Stepney area of Monroe. Um, there's not much known about her, her early life, only really about her later life. She was eventually married to Captain Joseph Hovey, and they lived in Cragley Hill, close to present-day Cutler's Farm. Nearby there was a rock with large cut that looked like a cloven footprint oh yeah devil a sign to many that hannah was in yeah. league with the devil right exactly yep. exactly when her husband died unexpectedly many people thought hannah had a had a hand in it story goes that during his evening walk one day he became disoriented and fell off a cliff not believing that the captain could have been victim to such an odd accident the neighbors began to whisper that he was bewitched by hannah and forced off the cliff yeah see back in them days the lack of medical knowledge probably led to many incidents yeah. of innocent people getting just jacked miss you know accused of stuff they didn't do plus you know, back in those just, days there was no street lights there was you know it was not a lot of light pollution so it was yeah. dark and he could have been drunk for all we know drunk. he could have he could have been, been tired yeah exactly you know it's dark as hell you don't know where you're going one little you know wrong step and boom wily coyote that's Ex right exactly yeah 
Now, after being widowed, she picked up the name Hannah Crana, most likely because it rhymes. But also, Crana is Scottish for rock or lofty place, thinking maybe it might be, it might have been a nod to the Satan Cloven Rock. That sounds like kindergarten level insulting. Hannah Crana, you know. <laughs> We're talking about mostly non-educated people out what here. The hell? You know, That's, so. Yeah. Now, she never remarried, but she began dressing in black, in widow's black, mm-hmm. as would be expected, with a long skirt that flapped in the breeze. So seeing a woman, you know, who who's already has rumors about her having probably killed her husband, living near a cloven-shaped rock, walking around in black, it's not easy. It's not difficult to see how she got the reputation of being a witch. Yeah, and common knowledge is back in like the medieval years, uh, the dark ages, stuff mm-hmm. like that. People were absolutely terrified of God in religion and the devil. They were right. fear. They were victimized by. Uh, high high ranking members of the clergy mm-hmm. and terrified into thinking all this stuff was a devil. Right. So they're going to pass this on to generation to generation oh, yeah. to generation. And a lot of these colonists, the original colonists, came over with those fears. Yeah. So you're sitting here thinking, okay, first of all, these people are all they're absolutely overly terrified of everything that moves. Right. You know, and I anything mean, the, the, the out of the ordinary, every, absolutely, the and everything scare. out of the ordinary, these yeah. people think is a devil. Yeah. And the woods are full of supernatural and 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 scary creatures. Yeah. It's I mean, they're full of scary bears and and cougars and stuff, but they're to them they're full of you know wicked creatures. Yeah, the devil is in is in those woods and and his minions. Heaven forbid somebody goes outside with a gas lantern and glowing eyes come through the you know they don't know that you know they don't know science they don't know any of this stuff so they're like holy shit what's that yeah you know yeah so it it triggers a lot of unnecessary fears just due to lack of knowledge and and say. kind of being a new area i mean it's it's not england you know it's, it's exactly it's, it's the same home it's all new you know, world. there's a whole new i mean there's a whole new race of people out there you know nothing about you yeah. know and, and there's a, it's it's just, it's just a scary situation and you're far from your you're, you're months from where you were comfortable before and this know? wasn't just england we're talking people all over europe frenchmen were there right. you know spanish all mm-hmm. this stuff so yeah. yeah and they were all raised with those same fears because i believe it was majority catholic in the european states for the most part especially in spain and england Uh you know but you know then you got the protestants who broke off and stuff but they all had this underlying deathly fear that everything is the devil right you know so now it didn't help that she used the rumors and bad reputations to intimidate others to her will not smart she now supposedly her house was guarded by army of snakes there were birds on the property that were invulnerable to hunters, and her witch's familiar, which was a rooster by the name of Old Boreas, hmm. only crowed at midnight. No shit. So that's going to, yeah, that's definitely going to lead to more and more believable uh, rumors, or okay. believing the rumors, I should because say. Because that's out of character for an animal. Right. Now, many tales sprang up about her pow- quote-unquote powers that were most likely exaggerations of mundane events. Now, a couple of examples here are one featured a trout-filled stream that ran through her property that she forbade anyone to fish. When one man dared to fish and landed a forbidden prize, Hannah appeared and cried, quote, curses upon you and your fishing, end quote. Now, in real life, the cranky old lady probably chased the trespasser away, but in the lore of Hannah Crana, after incurring the witch's wrath, the angler is never able to catch a fish ever again the rest of his life. No shit. Rumor. Now, know, of course. Rumor. I mean, how is that substantiated? But yeah, right. I, I got you. She, now, she often insisted that her neighbors give her free food and firewood, which, you know, would aggravate most neighbors. <laughs> but if they didn't immediately comply, then she went on to use her reputation against them and would curse them. When one local farmer's wife allegedly tried to deny her a fresh baked pie, Hannah quote unquote cursed her, so the story goes, and the woman was never able to bake again. 
most likely that's like that's just you know it's uh what do you call it when you it's susceptibilities you believe something so much that well, maybe, you hear a curse and you yeah. think it's real and maybe the lady said if you ever bake again you'll die or you'll go to hell or well, blah 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 it says that she was never able to bake again which means that she probably never tried just out of fear so yeah. like if i do she's gonna take my yeah, soul she's, she's gonna yeah yeah exactly she's gonna you know, appear hell. and take my soul or, or yeah it's like i said god it was so easy to victimize people in the old days yeah if you had any kind of intelligence you could really victimize these people that oh was yeah so simple now, another anecdote involves two men who stopped their cart in front of her home. Seeing Hannah, they jokingly asked for a magical display. Quote, before you pass yonder tree, your wish shall be granted, end quote, she replied. The men laughed, but when they went to leave, their oxen would not move and the wheels came off their wagon. Holy shit. Coincidence, probably. No doubt many mocked Hannah and all it would take is one case of misfortune to fall a detractor to such a story to blossom. Now, uh, it appears as though a few locals grew tired of her antics and formally accused her of witchcraft. She was arraigned on charges of consorting with the devil, although the case never went to trial. Unlike earlier times, more enlightened heads prevailed. Now, Hannah lived quietly until late 1859 when old Boreas, her quote-unquote familiar, died and the legend makers went into overdrive. Dying of nat- she died of natural causes at the age of 77. 77? 77 in the 1600s was, was a very old age. Yes, it was. A very old age. Yeah. We were very fortunate to live that long. Now, some believe that the end of her familiar was a sign to Hannah that her own demise was near. It was inevitable, yep. Supposedly after a heavy snow, a neighbor found the nearly 80-year-old woman looking haggard. Quote, the spirits have called, and it won't be but a short time before I will be in the great beyond, end quote, Hannah said, according to popular accounts. I have a wish to make that it must be carried out. I am not to be buried until after sundown, and there must be ample bearers to carry my coffin from the house to the grave. She might have been a big woman. Obey my wishes <laughs> if you would avoid trouble or vexation, end quote. She died the next day. Wow. Yeah. Now, there was a deep snow that next day, and that made it sort of too difficult to honor her wishes. Yeah. Her coffin was loaded onto a sleigh, and it started off at the graveyard, but after a short distance, it fell off. Which must have freaked the hell out of the villagers at this point. Oh, yeah. They're probably like, oh, my God, she's alive. It's like, look, we're trying to do the best, but it's a little difficult. Too much snow, we can't carry your coffin. Yeah. Now, spooked, the neighbors put it back on the sled, and a few brave souls sat atop of it. (laughs) <laughs> they sat they set out again but soon the sleigh began to inexplicably shake throwing everyone off this wow. must have been a display let me tell you wow that was enough now yeah. rather than incur the full the full wrath the coffin was carried to the cemetery finally it must have took forever to get there well, it did because the sun had already set so oh they boy. buried it quickly yeah. uh, the neighbors then returned to hannah's house only to find it engulfed in flames a yeah. fiery exclamation point to the fun story although it seems unlikely if it was it wasn't by accident it must have been probably somebody in the village who i was just gonna say burn it. as soon as she died they're like let me get rid of this evil place she's gone she's out of the way right exactly. let me burn her place to the ground because it's just pure evil exactly exactly superstition brother. uh so what really happened well a connecticut winter could cause the death of an elderly woman and since her headstone a replica of quote-unquote witch still stands in Gregory's Four Corners Burial Ground. Holy crap, I might want to go see that. Lists 1859 to 1860 for her death. She probably died alone over the winter and was not discovered until spring. Oh, man. That's sad. And it, and it's highly likely because, like I said, as stories are passed down generations, especially damn near 300 years ago. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to change. And not much was known about her to begin with. So. Exactly. Now, however, many say that Hannah's story isn't over yet. 
It is told that on certain misty nights, the specter of an old crone will suddenly appear in the middle of Spring Hill Road, which will cause a driver to lose control of his car and possibly life as he crashes into the gravestone of Hannah Crana. Wow. Now that I can believe. Yeah. I'm down with that paranormal stuff. There's always, there's always a ghost story oh, yeah. associated with these things. You oh, know? yeah. All the time. Yeah. And I'm wondering if a lot of time these witches might have been mediums and might have been able to delve into people's lives. Because I know we, we know a few mediums. Right. Some of them are right on the money. Some of them are so Most of them you are know, bullshit, yeah. You know, but I'm just saying that I've seen and I've witnessed a few mediums do their thing and they've hit stuff right on the nose. And it, you know, it, it, it was impressive. To right. Me. Yeah. And so I'm thinking maybe back in the day, maybe some of these women had sensitivity or they had medium, uh, mediumship abilities. Well, it could also I mean, I be, don't know. it could also be that. And it could also be a fact that maybe some of these women were smarter than their station. That too. Maybe some had some real brains on them. They had some great street smarts. They had some great insight. They were able to read people, you know, just like a cold reader, you yeah. know, just, just see and, and cause back then people tended to, you know, wear their emotions out, out outward, outwardly, Absolutely. you know? And so a person who's like you had mentioned earlier was smart enough could pick up on that and use that to figure out certain things. Yeah. And the thing is women back then were suppressed. Mm-hmm. They were not allowed to be, you know, they they were they were kept down. Uh, I do know, you know, women in the church were suppressed a long time ago. And yeah, they're, they're they're powerful beings. You yeah, know, women got a lot of power to them, and it scared a lot of people. So I can see where you know keeping them down, calling them witches, if they had a you know if they had a good mind, a strong brain, a good you know a strong will. Yeah, a good brain. Yeah. And could do things, you know, and and say things, and actually spoke intelligently, and could argue with a man, right? You know, you know, eye to eye. She's a witch. She's a witch. Yeah. Now, Hannah, Hannah was one of the few that was not put to death for being a witch. She did not succumb to fire, rope, or water, as we mentioned earlier. And I believe there was one other witch, I forget her name, who also was set free at the end of the period in nineteen sixteen sixty three, that was let go. Uh, she was released from prison. Unfortunately, it would not be the same for uh, the people of Salem, oh, Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, there would be, I believe there were, yeah, there were 15 people that were executed for the Salem Witch Trials. All in all, between the Connecticut Witch Trials and the Salem Witch Trials, approximately 26 people lost their lives to this madness. And that's actually a lot lower number than I thought. Yeah. You know, now, there I were a ton that were that were accused. Oh, yeah. A ton that were accused. But 26 were actually found to be witches, yeah. at least in their mind, and put to death. Now, in the Connecticut witch trials, there were 30 that were accused, 11 that were executed. Okay. In the Salem witch trials, there were over 200 people were accused, mm. of which 19, I take it back, 19 were executed, not uh, not 15. 30 were found guilty. Only 19 were executed for the Salem witch trials. So Interesting. There's still a lot. That's, that makes it That makes it 30. Yeah. 30 people total for in, in those periods. And it just but, makes you wonder how that's linked up or if that was just a, like a general fear throughout the colonies. All right. Well, man, that was pretty crazy That was topic. great. I, I like talking about this. That yeah. was very, very uh, educational. I liked it. And I actually hadn't heard of the Connecticut witch trials either, so that was something new for me to learn. Absolutely. It's um, very cool. But also pretty scary because, you know, she was born, you know, uh, over 100 years later, and she was still falling prey to... Rumors of witchcraft and superstitions. Yeah, I mean she wasn't she wasn't tried or anything, thankfully. But you know the fact that she was alone, 
and she was a little odd because she was alone and because she wore black and because she had animals around her house or whatever just automatically made her a witch yeah you know i mean that's 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 some pretty scary stuff you you literally can do nothing now she didn't just do nothing obviously as we mentioned yeah. she threatened she, people. she threatened people she enjoyed yeah. it she enjoyed lording over people but still yeah. only she only did it because people started doing it already uh, yeah, so James, uh, so now that uh, we have our social media set up, so why don't you tell us where, why don't you tell people where they can find us? Absolutely, be glad to. Uh, we are proud members and very happy to be part of the FourthHand.com media network. Yes, great people, great shows. Please go on there, check out all the great shows. Lots of good people there. Absolutely, you can find us on Facebook under State of Fear. Yep, it's real easy to find, and we are also on Instagram. Yes, we don't do that Twitter crap. Nope. So, now we are on Castbox as well. Yes, we are. Castbox, Google Podcasts, anywhere, pretty Apple much. Podcasts, yeah, on Apple, Spotify, Spotify for sure. So we're pretty much everywhere. Anywhere, just go to your favorite uh, podcast or tell your friend. Since you're obviously already listening to this one, uh, tell your friend. Go to their favorite podcast uh, app. Just type in the State of Fear podcast, and we'll pop right up. Please do. All right. Well, I look forward to talking about our next topic, James. Absolutely. And, Me too, brother. Uh, until then, everybody out there, y'all have a great week. You bet. Y'all take care of yourselves. We'll see you then. Oh, and don't forget to stay tuned for the personal encounter stories coming up right now. Hi, I'm Katrina Pitts, and this is my haunted story about Lake Compounds in Bristol, Connecticut. Lake Compounds is America's oldest continuously running amusement park. It lies on the town line between Bristol and Southington, Connecticut. While it is well known and loved by people in the state, Bristol and Southington locals are well aware of the park's troubled past. In a classic trope, the land was purchased by white colonists from Native American Chief Compound, and to this day it remains cursed. Ever since the land was acquired, there have been many mysterious and tragic deaths that have occurred there. Several incidents happened in and around the notorious Grand Ballroom. In one of the earliest cases, the original owner's nephew was tragically found hanging from the rafters in the ballroom one night. Since then, park employees claim to have seen his ghost swinging from above. They also reported ghost couples dancing and twirling across the dance floor. The unsettling nature of this park was solidified in our modern era by a string of four deaths that occurred between 1999 to 2004. Shortly after the park's last incident, I worked at Lake Compounds for four summers, Every October, the park stays open and is decorated with spooky Halloween themes. It even has a few short, haunted walkthrough attractions of its own. One October, I was in charge of a haunt themed with deranged 3D clowns. And of course, this attraction was housed in no other place but the ballroom. Every evening before the park opened at 5, it was my job to walk through the clown house to check for safety hazards and to turn on the special effects. Despite it still being faintly light outside, the clown props always creeped me out the most when I had to walk through alone and in total silence. One evening around 4.30pm, I was making my routine trek through the house before opening, I was halfway through when I heard what sounded exactly like a child laughing. I spun around, expecting to see a kid there, but I was completely alone. I finished my safety inspection as fast as I could to see if there was a child waiting for me at the end of the clown house. Just before I exited the maze, I heard a child calling, Mommy? 
Once outside the maze, I checked the entire perimeter of the ballroom to see if there was any evidence of a kid running around. Maybe the owner's son was nearby. Instead, I found absolutely no one. Not a soul. Now, given the spook factor of this park, it is not uncommon for employees to try and scare each other with pranks. So I sent a message over my radio saying, Ha ha, very funny guys. When I explained to them what had happened, they had no idea what I was talking about. And you may be wondering what the last death occurrence at the park was in 2004. One day, a five-year-old boy was walking with his mom outside the ballroom. Out of nowhere, a massive tree branch fell down. It sadly struck and killed the child while his mother was spared.